Yeah, 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 yeah. What? What? I'm just Best trying to get some, the week. Just trying Best to get some Kanye in here. <laughs> it's Chick-fil-A, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, 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 yo. Man, Kanye starting it off. We're not talking about it. I shouldn't even have said a word. What, what were you saying last week? Conway? <laughs> no. That's what you kept thinking I said it. I didn't do I that. I swear you said Conway. No. Did you guys listen to that new Conway No, album? you stop it. I've, I've, I've listened to more, more it's of It's like when my grandma listens my to that life. rap music. Oh, man. This, that Conway's got a great beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, what a day. Isn't wow. it? Welcome to November. It's November. After a little fallback, feeling good. I'm feeling good, but you are still oh. feeling tired. Oh, but I felt good yesterday. Did you? My goodness. Well, you were also in the city. One service, 11 o'clock. I'm telling you, man. Baby slept five hours straight man. on Saturday I night. was nervous about my message, so I just got up at the normal time, which was still an hour early. So I sat in the dark yeah. at what was then technically like a was five it? o'clock. Yeah. I got up at like four thirty, and then, uh, hung yeah. out. I got I up like, early too. It still feels okay. I mean, I'll do it. Yeah. No. Yeah. That extra hour. I got up 30 minutes early. You know, I got a little up 30. I sat there red in the office in San Francisco before the service on Sunday. It was fantastic. Wow. Why weren't you practicing your guitar? Man, at this point in my career, Stop I, it right now. <laughs> Stop. Stop it. Do you know who you're talking to right now? Jeez. A legend. You Actually, the real truth is, do you really think anybody's going to hear that acoustic guitar in the house? <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's, there's, there's Sad John. There's the Sad John. There yeah. it is. Wah, wah. <laughs> hey, welcome to Northgate Review. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're breaking down messages. This week, Larry threw a curveball mid-week. In the office. Oh. Yeah, you weren't going to talk about this. Wasn't going to talk about it now. You were going to talk about time. Yep. Which, side note, we should just do a podcast, a side one on uh, margin and time. Let's do it. We should do that. I got a lot of thoughts. Right now? Um, <laughs> we honestly could. <laughs> it's literally the book I'm reading right now. Which, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was a little happy when you said you were changing in the middle of the week because I thought, this is setting you up for failure. Because I'm reading you about thought, this. You thought, you thought, well, maybe he'll let me do it. No, no, no. I didn't think that. I just thought, I've just been studying this for this week because I'm reading it. And it doesn't matter what you say. I'm going to be comparing it to what I've been reading. Oh, you don't think I've read that book? No, because it just came out. I know. You don't think I got a pre-copy? Did you get a pre-copy? You liar. I'll show you. If you got a pre-copy, you would show me that you got a pre-copy. Of that well, it's book. at my house, but I got it from Mr. Carter. Yeah, that makes sense, actually. That checks out. Okay. <laughs> one of my good friends got a pre-copy in Colorado uh, and he was flaunting it in my face and I was like just uh, send it to me of yeah. course he didn't well there was other stuff out there like one chapter previews everyone let's yeah. not talk about what we're talking about because everyone oh, now wants to know what we're talking about if you're my friend you already know <laughs> <laughs> can't stop talking about it yeah it wait is, so you got it a pre-copy is, it is about, son of a gun uh, it is about getting rid of hurry yeah. in an aggressive manner oh yeah yeah yeah, some might say it's got a red cover on it. So start no, just looking orange. up. Well, it's like a like a fiery. No, it's a red cover. It's orange. It's like a fiery than red orange. What color is this? That's like maroon. It's like Larry. That is green. <laughs> now you have me questioning color. Have you ever done that? 
What? Like questioned if the colors that you see are the real colors. Oh, I used to mess with kids all the time and say, Man, what color is the sky? And they're like, it's blue. And I was like, what? And then I was like, what color is the grass? And I'm like, green. I said, you got it backwards. <laughs> and I would just keep going at it until literally they were like, I don't know what to do with myself right now. If I go down that train of thought. Is hot chocolate really hot? Yeah. Is it? Of course it is. Or is it just a mental thing? No, it's hot. What is hot? Temperaturely. Uh, Temperaturely? That's a word. <laughs> uh, it is above 100 degrees. All right. Well, we spent our time on that rabbit trail. We will move on to content. Hey, I say, I say we do a little side one at uh, some point in this series. Maybe we'll do it for the 24th since we don't have – it's a serve day. Deal. And we'll conclude yes, serve day. Yes, because we episode. spent time doing something yes, else. Yes. We stopped with the hurry. You the know, busyness. we would solve so many problems in the world if we just hashed them out right here with these microphones. Me and you? Yeah. Okay. We should do that more. All right. I <laughs> – I have news to tell you off off microphone Whoa. about this weekend. Whoa. I think I told you a little bit. It wasn't going to be solving anything, the Whoa. conversations I was having. <laughs> I mean, now everyone's intrigued. I know. I know. I can't do it. Well, uh, yeah, this week we talked about moral margin. Moral margin. Little, little <clears throat> swerve Wednesday. Skirt. And... Uh, we talked about it in the week. Man, I need sound effects. Yeah. We'll, never mind. We don't need we to make do that our own. again. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we talked about creating space in your morality. But we didn't define what biblical morality was. I thought about that too. Hmm. We kind of used um, cultural Christianity morality, which I, I mean, I think is correct. Uh, but we didn't really define it. As you were talking about it, uh, when I was listening to it, I was just being, I don't know why, I just thought, I wonder how many people in the room don't really know what the what the lines are hmm. or what the lines have been told to us for so many years yeah. in the church. I don't know. Well, you've, you've got a robust history um, growing up in, in Quite the, robust. Way, the way that you grew up. What, what were some of the things that you were traditionally taught? My favorite thing my dad would do when I was leaving for a date. Sucked the romance right out. He would say, have fun tonight. Remember, she's your sister. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. It's like, thanks, Dad. Don't want to kiss her now. Thanks for that. <laughs> Maybe I won't go out with her. She's... Wait, yeah. Four Should. feet on the floor. Yeah. I don't you know, there's well, okay. Go ahead, give me give me some of the things that well, maybe traditionally you grew up with in and then as you have kind of invested into some of this and being like, Why is that? Or what is this that well, you've either said like, Yeah, affirmation, yeah, I can see that or I don't I don't know if we are understanding it quite like we should be. Well, I think See, now I'm the interviewer. Yeah, no, this is crazy. I love it. What is going on? The yeah. world has gone mad. Well, well, we've fallen back. We literally went back in time, so here we go. I'm so Marty do, McFly. Do, 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 do. Doc! <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I also think that the, the motivation was really off for us growing up. And that, that's what I, another reason I was so sensitive in, as you were talking. We talked about this in the week. Um, why are you telling us to set these... To, to set this margin in our lives. What is the motivation? Because what it was for me as a kid, maybe it's just because of the way I was raised. It's just a, when you say those things, it just kind of gets me squirmy a little bit because the motivation wasn't to be Christ-like. The motive, the motive, 
the motivation, sorry, was just don't do these things because it's bad. Sex wasn't good. It wasn't created by God. And if it was, it wasn't what was communicated by my parents because they were just so scared that I was going to do it. for, yeah, it was purely for like... Procreation. Yeah, making... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, making children. So, and again, I don't think my parents really believe that. I think they just didn't know how to communicate it to me. So it was all of this stuff is bad. You know, I wasn't allowed to date till I was, I think, a senior in high school. I broke those rules. Secret girlfriend. But, you know, whatever. You got to do what you got to do. Sorry, mom. Sorry, mom. She knows now. Um, she's a, She was a great young lady. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal young lady. Yeah. Still friends to this day. Um. We, yeah, it it was just don't do these things because we're afraid you're going to ruin your life. So instead of teaching you how to create margin and boundaries, we're just going to tell you all of it is bad. So kissing or or even dating, like don't date till you're old enough to actually know what you're doing. No holding hands. Um, I mean, of course, anything further than that would be wrong. That's like the early, early stages, but yeah, you're not even allowed to get up the bat, let alone yeah, get, yeah, yeah, exactly. Get the ball. Yeah, I'm just still in the dugout. Like, let me put me in, coach. What's I'll going be on? the bat boy. I guess. I guess, I guess I'll, take, I'll clean up everybody else's messes. Oh gosh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> let's reverse that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just think, and then I got older and I realized it's not that that following Jesus means you can't do any of this stuff. It means that when you're following Jesus, you should want to be more like Him. And it's this whole conversation we've been having. Who are you becoming? So if I'm running around dating multiple women at the same time, if I'm running around uh, just hooking up, not being serious, it's not that Jesus is saying... It's not even that you're running around. I mean, use use like real life things right now. Let's just talk about what we're watching. Exactly. Or what we're listening to. Yes. Or the conversations we're having. Yes. You know, like call it boy talk, girl talk, whatever. Yeah. I mean, locker even, room talk, even, yeah. even office talk. Jeez. Talk yeah. about like the world we're in getting in trouble just because people yeah. are getting too flirtatious, flauntish and, you know, yeah. risky to push the, you know, almost the uncomfort. Um, and then look at other things where, yeah, it is turns into relationally and spending time with a coworker that, mm-hmm. you know, and you didn't, ex- there was no original intent. It was, it's really like the, can I play with fire? It's how yeah. close to the edge can I get? Can I get the adrenaline going a little bit? Like yeah. this is a little risky. Then yeah. you find yourself on a business trip and everybody else is going to a strip club and you're like, Oh, okay. I guess that's what we're doing. Totally. I, I have friends now that that was the thing when we, they're getting married or their friends are getting married and they're followers of Jesus. So it's, uh, my friends aren't followers of Jesus. They're all going to a strip club. We're in Vegas for their bachelor party. I, I mean, what do at, I do? Look at bachelorette parties. I exactly. Mean, we can't just, I mean, we can talk about it because, you know, we're male. Yeah. But the same sort, this isn't exclusive. Absolutely. And, and, but the question is, excuse me, who are, who are you becoming by the choices that you're making in your morality? And it's sad, but it is true in my mind. And, and it's true, I think, in a lot of people's minds because you referenced it on Sunday. For some reason, the morality conversation is a adolescent conversation. It's for youth group. It's for, like you even referenced this, like, hey, I'm going to say these things. This isn't just a youth group conversation. This is for adults in the room. This is for everybody. But even as we talk about it, I'm still thinking, ah, that's what I heard in youth group. Oh, it's the, you know, abstinence talk that you have when your youth pastor Where's has my to- purity ring? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lo- true love waits, all that stuff. But I, I, I don't know if they listen to the podcast. 
it was uh, Scott and uh, Bernadette. Most of that stuff just doesn't work. No, it doesn't. And yeah. it's crazy because I, I remember as a youth pastor, I would do that type of conversation. I would let parents know ahead of time, hey, engage in this conversation. We're going to have a cultural conversation. Yeah. And we would do a couple weeks on it, you know, on sex and dating and just all the different stuff. And I'm telling you what, right now, it was it was like always, I felt worthless, like I was wasting my time because then in small group, it was just coming out like, yeah, you know, that's good talk, but like, we're not going to do that. Yeah. And no one does that. Totally. In fact, within the youth group, yeah. most of us are all hooking up with each other. Yeah. Because this is our little sphere. If it's a it's good fun. youth group. Yeah. No, uh, I'm, be, and I'm being no, straightforward. And that it is was the like way it was devastating. It was like, wait a minute. I, yeah. I remember, you know, like it was a really difficult time for my wife and I. We had um, had a miscarriage mm-hmm. early in our marriage. And um, one of the girls in youth group who was like a church girl, you know, like longtime church girl. I think she was even... One of the leaders' daughters, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't matter that much. But she got pregnant. She's like 15 or 16 years old. And yeah. it was like, wait, yeah. how does this work? Like, yeah. we're, we're trying to be honoring doing this right. And now I got mm. this kid in my youth group that, and we have these conversations. Yeah. Like, we're trying to be helpful and, you know, mm. righteous and holy and set apart. And, and I'm not trying to get into the whole, whole no, yeah, yeah. bit piece. But, it's, it's, it's difficult because, yeah, those things don't work. So how do we have that conversations where it's actually helpful? I mean, yesterday yeah. <clears throat> I had a ton of comments from men and women, which was, man, thank you for talking about this. I, I actually this morning went by the store um, to grab some stuff, the grocery store, and someone was like, looked over at me, the, the checkout clerk, and she was like, we were talking about you last night, and I laughed, and I was like, what about? She's like, you handled a really tough subject with, <laughs> you know, some grace and class. With great and- aplomb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, which is good because we laughed about it. I was like, yeah, no, it's a good one. It's tough. We got to have a conversation about it. But it's what's it going to do? Yeah. Like, are we like most anything we talk about? It's just information if we don't actually put actionable steps in it. I, I never experienced it till I moved out here to California. Cohabitation was not any part of our culture, at least the circles that I was in in North Carolina and then Iowa when I lived there for a little while. And then I moved out here, and I have phenomenal uh, followers of Jesus as my friends who are living together, and I'm and it just the disconnect was so and there was a lot. How of many of those legalism. friends though come from um, a family that's had divorce? Uh, so most of them were divorced. Because I was of them trying to figure no that out too. Because roots. I have a yeah. lot of I'll, I'll see a lot of adults tell their kids, "Yeah, don't get married, man. I'm I I've gotten yeah. screwed." Yeah, I'm paying so much money. I've had I've been married yeah. four times, and it's like, oh my gosh. Caitlin and I have very close friends, and uh, they they live in San Francisco, and <clears throat> that's the conversation we have. It's he's now at the point where he thinks about proposing. They've been living in San Francisco together. They're not they're not followers of Jesus by any means, but they've been living together for a couple of years in SF, and we vacation together a couple times a year. Really, really close friends of ours. And he loves talking to me about, like, what is Christianity? What are you guys all about? This is weird. He's come to our San Francisco campus a few times. And as we talk about relationship stuff, he's like, I mean, I was with him when he found the girl that he's now dating. And it's like, yeah, I think we're we're moving forward. I, I think we're going to live together. This is going to be the next step. I was like, that's great. Have you thought about marrying her? No, no, no. I got to live with her for, like, four years before I even know if, if she's, like, marriage material. So crazy. And it was just a – but that I, I kind of briefly mentioned it, but – but uh, Scott and Bernadette shared their story about that. Through Rooted, they realized yeah. they're an older couple that 
they were they were living together and and they realized this wasn't producing the life they wanted as followers of Jesus. It wasn't uh, what was that verse you referenced? Let there be no hint of immorality among you. Uh, like that's kind of what they realized. And from the story that we showed, this was like a year ago. How many? It was like three couples in the church that were already living together. Were like, you know what? You're right. We got to get married. That's just the right thing to and do. They did. It was yeah. Did. It was so great. Yeah. And since then, Scott and Bernadette are engaged, and they're gonna yeah. get married. Yeah. They stopped living together, and now they're engaged. They're gonna yeah get married. Yeah. Which is like not normal. No. <laughs> Which uh, is weird. The the you know and even like back to the cohabitation thing that you were just talking about, and and that's not the only piece of this, it's not this conversation and subject, but. It's an important one, probably to talk about. Um, another common thing that's referenced to me is like, "What? Well, why aren't you? Why aren't you? Why aren't you getting married?" I mean, these are people in the church, yeah, right? Yeah, I have my friends like that too. Yeah, I ask them and that. then and then the common answer, I would say, one of the most common answers is, "Well, we he needs to get rid of his debt first, or yeah. she needs to get rid." It's like a financial decision. Yeah. Of well, we're not going to do that because like I didn't do that. That's their problem. So we're just going to enjoy the the yeah. playing house together. Um, and then when, you know, everything's kind of settled down, it's, it's that whole thing of like, when are you ever ready? Really? Yeah. Let's be honest. When are you ever ready to get married? I, I when had are a you friend, ever ready to have yeah. a baby? I had a friend the other day who said the reason he, they're living together, they have a baby together was, uh, you know, she just, she has some stuff that, you know, we, we got to work out like not, it was like a, you know, some past stuff, some pain. And I'm sitting here like, what counseling do you need then? Like, then go do it. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to work out some stuff real quick. Yeah. With, and then the you're going to get married and you're going to have to work out a lot more stuff. Yeah. But I mean, if you've got a baby, you've already had to work out a ton of stuff together. So it's, and then that's what I said too. Like, do you want to do counseling with me? I'm probably not anywhere qualified to help you, but if that's going to help you, sure. it's like, come sit with whoever you want to just talk it out. Yeah. But I think also one of the reasons this conversation is so sticky, especially the older you get, it's easier to have it with young adults. It's easier to have it with teens because, um, our culture is just, it's, that's when you're learning, you're experiencing it for the first time. So it's when you should have it. And then as you get older, as, as normalized as it is, there's so much shame still, which is weird. I don't know if you, if you've noticed that too, how much shame there is around it. And, and it's crazy that last year, I think it was last year was the first ever, uh, porn awards. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. We no, joked I about totally it. remember that. I think Kanye did host it, though. I can't remember, but anyway, that's <laughs> the funny part of that. But we, we have awards for porn. However, it's still, as normalized as they're trying to make it, it is still a secret, hidden, disgusting thing that people still don't want to talk about. Like, you're not going to sit down, usually, with your friends. I mean, there are people out there that do, but... It still is not something that everyone is like. Yeah, we're doing. We're on the subway right now watching. That's just what we do. It used to be illegal in America. Yes. Um, so, but that's that's the crazy thing. Like, there still is this shame. Like, there, if if it was completely normalized, then you know no one would get married anymore. If because then you wouldn't need to have affairs. We're just gonna have it. It's it's a free for all. Uh, whatever you want to do. So that shame causes us to go and hide, and then that's where. We're losing this. Like, the way that we heal from this is community. We know this. Like, you're not going to conquer porn by yourself. You're not going to, uh, s- like, suppress the feelings of, for that coworker that you have by yourself. Now, if you get a community, like, if, if I was feeling that and I was to go to you, Larry, and like, hey, man, I really need just help. Can you hold me accountable? This is what I'm feeling. Can you just help me work through this stuff? Then I'm going to see growth. 
But I, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I've never seen growth by myself yeah. in any kind of situation like that. Well, as long as – correct. I, I would agree with that. Um, but you have to be careful too because sometimes you're like, um, I have this problem and this is how I feel, and you almost normalize it. It's true. If you over talk about it, you yeah, yeah, you're, you're starting to normalize it, which is really just normalizing it to being like, no, no, yeah, like I have a problem. Like I already said, like I'm an alcoholic, right? So yeah. it's just what I do. So you know, it's my struggle. So just go ahead and walk through my struggle or don't, which isn't actually productive. You know, like it yeah. wants to be. Go back to. Was I poking at something right there? Well, no, you just got me thinking about. I love AA and the just the way that that whole process eliminates, but doesn't it doesn't like give you a quick band aid and then it's like now you're never gonna be you're not an alcoholic anymore. Oh, like no, it's you, forever. it's forever. But you yeah. continually meet. You continually have your yeah. community. Just the the steps. You even meet on vacation. You're on a cruise ship. Yes. There's a group for you. If we were to attack the other illnesses and, and sins and, and, and issues in our lives the same way that people attack uh, alcohol or narcotics or things like that, like why are those the only two that we're like, like we, we have sex addicts, but you have to really go far to get there? Um, because probably the, the, you can't hide as much of the, the cost. Yeah. I mean, like, talk about timing. This morning, all over the news is the CEO of McDonald's was fired. Really? Yeah. Uh, had a had an explicit, inappropriate relationship with an employee and didn't deny it. Said, "Yeah, that's right." And they said, "Well, that's not to our, you know, our standards." Yeah. And so we're letting you go. And so it was like just exactly what I was talking about yesterday. Like that just cost him his job. Yeah. As the CEO, um, mm-hmm. that just cost part of his reputation. And, you know, it's like one of those, one of those, I don't think, I, I think he probably would be one of those people like, yeah, I never thought it would happen to me. Didn't actually mean for this to happen. This wasn't, you know, in the, yeah. in the goals. I don't know about his family. I can't talk too much about it, but I was like, man, what timing to have national news, the effects yeah. of something. Now, the other stuff you're talking about, they're, um, they're outside of closed doors typically. I mean, like the effects of drugs yeah. aren't always just hidden. The effects of alcohol aren't just always yeah. hidden, you know, and, and the other stuff, like you said, because there's so much shame involved. Yeah. Not to say there's not shame in the other things, but they literally can't do anything about it. Yeah. Right. The shame, the other stuff, the shame's involved. So it's yeah. the dirty little secret. Yeah. No, I agree. literally what it is, it's a dirty yeah. little secret. And then when it happens to you and your family, like that's when it mom, explodes, mom yeah. or dad's keeping it, the dirty little secret from the kids. That's yeah. why they're not doing good. There's all kinds of things that add into it and blow it up. Going back to the real quick, um, kind of how you originally started. What are the, the biblical reasons as to what you think mm-hmm. this is um, um, to do this, to have a lifestyle like this? Yeah, I just think about um, one of the things I was reading on this morning, again, in the book we'll talk about later, uh, was about that passage. The whole book is about the passage of Scripture in Matthew, but specifically about the easy yoke. Um, and and this, this book I'm reading goes with another book that I'm reading about this idea of that everybody's chasing down this good life. Like we're always, what, The decisions we're making are because we think they're going to make us happy. So regardless, you entered into this job and you thought, oh, this would never happen to me. 
you still made the decisions because you thought it was going to make you happy, even if for a moment. Like, you knew – most people aren't dumb enough to be like, yeah, I'm going to cheat on my wife, and this is going to work out fantastically. But you weighed whatever that was, and you said – uh, the happiness right now is worth whatever's going to happen, or I don't need to think about it because I'll work it out when it gets there. But you're just chasing down your happiness. Now, well, I, a... I've even I've even met uh, a couple guys in the past that you know told me they had been having an affair with somebody for eight to ten years, and they actually didn't have a problem with it until that person dropped the I love you bomb. Hmm. And then they realized, oh, well, this has gotten serious for you. Yeah. Yeah. That's not what my intent was. And had no problem keeping that from their spouse. And once that happened, they went, Oh crap, I gotta tell somebody else and yeah. I'm this is this is just kind of blowing up my face because I gotta cut it off because it got serious. Got yeah. got emotional. Yeah. Well, so this applies to all of the, the weeks that we're talking about with margin creating it, but it also goes with, with moral margin as well. The passage in Matthew that's very familiar because it's just one of those kitschy verses that we hang on our walls now, but you know, come to me all who you, all you who are weary and tired and, uh, come to me and I will give you rest. Uh, my burden is light. Uh, the passage about the easy yoke as it's called. Um, but it's this idea because Jesus was, was a rabbi. That was what they would have seen him before he died, before he rose from the grave. Uh, they saw him as a rabbi, a teacher. And, there was an interesting part that uh, I read this morning that said, when we read Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, we only really talk about him being the truth and the life, not the way. Like, he came to give us a new way to live, hmm. a new outline. It's not just theology. It's not just ethics. He came to give us a an example of a life to live. And if we want to experience like I, I don't know if anybody's like me I've made a lot of mistakes especially in this morality department as a young man uh, just being an idiot that's just the way it was um, and I cannot tell you how many times I sat there almost like Paul in in Romans when he's like the like the things I don't want to do are the things that I do and the things that I do are the things that I don't want to do like will you just take this away from me God I can't even stop myself from being an idiot. Like what I want is right in front of me and I just want it. I'm going to do it and I can't help it. And I don't need to think about the results later. I just want to live like Jesus. Jesus seemed peaceful. Jesus seemed like he was calm. He was never, uh, you know, making stupid decisions. And, and I just want that. But the difference is I'm not looking at the way that he lived. I'm just looking at the things that he did when it came down to crunch time. Like you're not going to say no to the girl on the couch next to you when, like you use the example, four on the floor. If her legs are already on yours, and then she's, you know, got her hand in your hair and she's playing with it in the back, you've already passed that, man. You're not going to sit there and say, whoa, 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 whoa. We should probably slow down now. It's too late. You didn't have any guidelines set up, so you're in that. Sure. But Jesus didn't get to the point where he was in that situation. He had the life, the way, the guidelines already set up that he wasn't doing that stuff. So going back to the very beginning of this conversation, I wasn't taught how to make healthy guidelines. I wasn't taught how to think about the results of what you're going to do. Like, wait a minute. Why do you, uh, like, why should you not do that with a girl? What would happen if you actually chase down that line of thought? Okay, you're going to go on a date with a girl. You're not going to have anything set up in place. Whatever happens is going to happen. <laughs> As a 17-year-old boy, if whatever happens is going to happen, 
we know where that's going to lead. Like if I have freedom to do whatever I want to, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do. I don't even care. But if you set up guidelines because you think like, wait a minute, I'm 17. I don't want to have a baby. That's just not in the cards for me right now. I'm still in high school. Wait a minute. I go to a Christian school. If word was to get out the shame that would happen, and I know this from experience from other people in our class, when what came out of what they were doing, because we're a tiny little Christian school that has all of these legalistic rules in place. And when those that one girl who went too far, and when that came out in class, and she was like the the scarlet letter situation, it really was that in our school. This is, for that this girl. is also, though, why people don't want to be a part of a faith community. Absolutely. Because we say Gracefield community, Gracefield community, oh, and then it's like we didn't shame, say shame, that. shame. We just shame. knew we were ashamed. No, I, I hear you, but you know what I'm saying, I mean, especially now. But if so, so my point is with all that, like if if I was to stop and and say, because I knew all that was happening, like oh, I don't have a kid, I don't want to be looked at like that girl is, and and I remember sitting there with a teacher in class, um, and I was, you know, my mom was a teacher at the school, so I was the. I was at the school longer than the principal that I had when I graduated. I was, <laughs> I was, I, I didn't even show up to half of the classes my senior year and I still got A's. Like my teachers love me. And I remember sitting there with one of my teachers who I was friends with and he was like, man, I don't know how to ki- get kids to, 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 uh, to not have sex. I don't know how to get kids to like, to not do this stuff. Like, how do I talk to him? Like, how do I get kids to be more like you? Like you got your head on your shoulders. You know what you're doing. And I'm sitting there like, you don't even know me, man. Like I've, I've already, I've already done this. This is the life that that you don't even know. Yeah. But you look at me as the good person, and I get to have that, and you better believe I'm not telling you now, because you just said that I'm the golden boy. You looked at me like I'm the example for all these kids. You're going to put me up there in front of the classroom and say, be like John. If I was to be vulnerable with anybody, then I'd get thrown out like the everybody else. Yeah. There's so much shame in it. But, uh, yeah, I guess I'm just ranting and raving now. There's no point here. We're but, learning a lot about you. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's a tough subject, but I, I maybe it wouldn't have worked when I was younger. But what was the thing that would work now? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, maybe it wouldn't have worked when I was younger. Now I've just come to the realization of it's not the life I want. Like, it it doesn't produce any joy. It really doesn't. Like, it's so fleeting. And it's only been in the last few years that it's really produced that life in me. But it just really isn't what's going to make you happy. It, it just, it can't like Jerry tells me, uh, our pastor Jerry in San Francisco, we, I remember about a year or two ago when we would talk and I was freshly married and, uh, just recapping, uh, the years that Jerry and I had together before marriage and what it was like a single bachelors living together. And then now we had this drastic seismic shift in our relationship. I'm married, but he's still single. Uh, and it was like, man, you get to go on dates. What's that? Oh, I missed that. That was so fun. And he's like, man, shut up. No, it's not. <laughs> you know it's not. And then he told me, look at what you've been able to do now that you've been married. Like, look at what you can do in the church because you're not thinking about who you're going to date. You're not having to think about any of that stuff. Your mind is now set on one person. You're not, you're not, like, it's a lot of mental energy to, to, to date especially today. Like where are you, when you get older, where are you going to meet them? You're out in college. Like where are you going to meet these people? He's like, look at what you've been able to do. Now that you don't have to stress about that. You get to like be in your office and read or you get to meet with people and not stress about that stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's connected with people, but there's freedom in doing it the way that God kind of set up in the Bible. Like commit yourself to somebody, join in, the, in union with somebody. There's freedom in that. Sure. Nobody taught that to me. They just said you should get married because you're supposed to get married. 
not that there's going to be freedom in getting married. Yeah. Well, but once that happens, <clears throat> guidelines still have to be in place. Absolutely. Now, guess now you talk now. I've talked too much. No, no, no. This is great. <laughs> I wanted. To, I talked yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, <clears throat> no, now you know, transitioning from that in that. Yeah, this is a culture. I mean, just use the word. This is a culture that that doesn't honor virginity. <laughs> There's shame no. that's brought with that. Like, you're not even like a hero. Like, you're an alien. And and yeah. and so, I you almost have people that feel like they don't want to bring that up, even though, what a gift it is, um, to give to someone. Yeah. And to say like you're the only person, and you're gonna be the only person. Um, then you transition to, then a you know, a monogamous relationship, a marriage or togetherness. And then you have the whole other bits of pieces that if, again, you haven't established appropriate boundaries, you know, it's harder work. Things can come up, you know, everything you, you can get yourself in all kinds of trouble. And so creating, making sure that there is margin, that the lines are drawn in the appropriate places is going to be essential. You know, I've had so many conversations with guys and again, I'm talking about this from a guy's perspective. So sorry, ladies out there. Probably but, like 90% of our listeners are ladies anyway. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I've had conversations with them of like, what does accountability actually look like for you? If you're in a place where, you know, you're being flirted with or someone thinks you're super great or, you know, whatever you can, you know, use your own imagination. Is, is it really that just sex with your spouse is going to fix everything? Like, is that really all it is? And it's that it's not. If you don't draw appropriate lines, you'll get yourself into a place where any of those things aren't being fulfilled, right? So yeah. for women as well, like when emotions, a, a, a woman doesn't want to give herself to a man when there's not an emotional connection, when she doesn't feel like she's actually loved, and known, and cared for. Um, a man doesn't want to do it when he doesn't feel respected. And that, you know, essentially that's being loved. And so if there's not boundaries set up when you actually have difficult seasons where you need to work on that stuff, which you will, right? Because mm-hmm. it's just not perfect all the time. It's not rainbows and butterflies all the time. You can find yourself in, in really scary places because now somebody else is giving you emotional attention yeah. and the love that you're not getting somewhere else, which then can you know flirt with danger. And it's yeah. just a little line that you crossed then to another little line that you crossed and then, you know, like I used the term a handful of times yesterday, but I never thought it would happen to me. Yeah. So that's, that's important period. And that goes for singles too. Right. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, all, all the different stages and ages. And I think it is something that we don't talk about enough. Um, but I think it's also cause we just don't know how to talk about it. Yeah. It's hard to just have the conversation as like, well, it's just the right thing to do. It's just yeah. a good doer. I would say growing up for myself too, it was a shame thing. Yeah. It was like probably a fear thing more than even shame. Yeah. Like what would happen? Like, yeah, yeah. Is God going to smite me? Oh yeah. Like literally it was like, oh my gosh, this, this and suicide are like <laughs> the worst things you could do. Bad place to laugh. Yeah. But literally, I mean, but like yeah. that was the fear. There wasn't even a good conversation about mental health back then. It was just like, oh, no. the, you know what the conversation was for me? Just attacked for one second. Cause this is another topic that we've, we've danced around, but it was, it was for me of like, that's one of the things that mm-hmm. you can't be forgiven from. You can't go to heaven if you commit yeah, suicide. If you, if yeah, if you take your own life, that's not your job to do that. It yeah. was like, whoa, whoa, what? Same thing of like, your your job is to only ever sleep with one person, only ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, that's the way it is. Yeah. 
And if you've done that, you've brought shame on the house and you're the scarlet letter. And I mean, that's centuries and centuries and centuries, you know, when you were talking about the, uh, you know, you, you counseled so many, uh, young people with that and finding the line and the questions like, how far can I go? The question, well, I didn't even share with you the detail of questions. I mean, it was like yeah. the lawyer of saying, who's my neighbor? Yeah. Let's get real down to detail. Well, like, <laughs> if he's three yards from me, is that my neighbor? Or does oh, it no, have no, to no, be no. like a, no, we no, share yeah. a property line? Yeah, where's the line? So, like, we can both have our shirt off, right? I mean, we can, like, play, yeah. like, uh, Naked Twister. For for me, growing up in, like, in our youth group, it wasn't like, it was just, hey, I, I, I understand that there's, that this is a sin. I understand this is wrong. And I don't want to commit sins because then Jesus won't love me anymore, which literally is what it was put on us. Like, if you if you sin, God's not going to talk to you to ask forgiveness, but you're probably going to do it again, so that's not real forgiveness. So you you got to actually repent. So then you're just in this circle of, like, God doesn't love you in your teens because sure. you're constantly an idiot. But it's not – it was just, I don't want to sin – so what's a sin? You have to tell me what a sin is, and right. then I'll figure out the rest of it. Yeah. Because if that's a sin, but this isn't, oh baby, I'm gonna do that then. You know what I? You yeah. know what I mean? If if that's wrong, I want to be right. <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> I always I thought it was you know fascinating when my wife and I were engaged um, that people were like uber confused, like even some people at the church I remember on a fishing trip, and they're like, wait. You haven't at least gone in the closet to see like what you're what you're like c- cashing in for, <laughs> like you haven't you haven't figured this stuff out. And it was like, no, I don't understand why that's the piece. Now here, here's some of the difference, real quickly. Most of the time, if you think about it, and John, you can share about this real quick. Um, any of the sexual pleasures, whether it be watching, participating, whatever that be. Most all of them in the ways that we're speaking of are purely for self gratification. They're not with the intent of care, concern, emotional, you know, care and concern, love, passion for the other person. It's purely like, uh, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to get whatever I need. And then what do you need me to do so I can get all of what I need? Right. For all of it. If you think about it and if you think about some of the things that you talked about, it's when, and this is what a lot of young people don't understand, and even adults don't understand, that when you build something, when there's a relationship there, and there's like actually love that's formed that's outside of, um, you know, the define the relationship. That used to be the conversation. DTR. Yeah, that's what would happen. It's like, oh, crap, we made out last night, so we need to have a define the define the relationship thing. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we now? Are we just like friends with benefits or... Which again, if you ask the girl, it's always that you're going steady. So sure. But I mean, like even that, think about that term friends with benefits. I mean, that's purely a gratification, self gratification deal. It's like, no, 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 I'm going to get mine. You're going to get yours. We're both happy. Yeah. We're not actually looking to give one another anything. We're just looking to get ourselves some. And then, and then, and then it's built on something that's goofy and you can actually look back to many, many relationships that were even built on, you know, a one night stand um, that was purely for self gratification from the get go. It was built on physicality, and it wasn't ever built on anything that has stronger foundation. Whether that be faith, whether that just be like a relationship, communing with one another, and like learning about the other person, you see. Oftentimes, if you go way back to like where issues have, you know, started, or where they've started being healthy, 
it goes back to like that marker, yeah. right? The time that you spent, I'll use an old term word for you, John, the time, the time that you decided to actually court your wife. Oh, wow. The love betwixt the two. Yeah, but but when you when you decided to court her, which meant that you were like, "Hey, I'm actually interested, yeah, I'm interested in, in you. you yeah. I want to I want to know you." I mean, like that's like know your soul. No, those are big. Those are actually yeah. not even joking around. Those no, are big yeah. words to be. Yeah, you know, everybody. That's 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 the deep part of it, right? To quote Jeff McGuire, the greatest desire of every man to know and be known. There you go. Um, there's where some of the differences go. So I think if somehow we can communicate that one often doesn't lead for success, which really is anything of this stuff we're talking about, you know, just fulfilling our own selfish desires, this whole idea, and this is where God knows us best because he made us has been all about a surrender, a sacrifice, a servant, another person. And that's actually where you can enjoy, you know, sexual gratification the most is when you're actually hundred percent giving of yourself mm. to give for the other person. Yeah. And it's all about their love, enjoyment, satisfaction, etc. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, you can, no, I agree. Yeah. And then, and you know, lastly, just as we're closing, one of the things we talked about briefly before we hit record was, um, for a follower of Jesus, what this would look like to people around you to be someone who has margin in their morality, someone who, um, you know, who doesn't hook up with people who doesn't cohabitate, who doesn't, um, you know, who knows his limits or her limits with their coworkers and says, you know, I really shouldn't, you know, go to lunch with you right now. I, that's just not the place that I'm in. I've got to have some boundaries. What that would look like to people who are outside of, of the kingdom or outside of the church would be, in my opinion, one of the greatest witnesses, one of the greatest examples you could be. Yeah, of you're you're going to get shamed because you're a prude or you're a weirdo yeah. or people are going to see that as honorable. I honestly think in this culture today, in this area, people would see that as honorable. Yeah, that would be my hope, which is why yeah. I brought it up. I mean, for a long time, it's been just shame of like, well, you're the party pooper. Yeah. Or like, oh, basically you're judging me, yeah. right? I think we're but past that, I, I especially in younger I would, generations. I would hope that that we're finally getting to being like, wow, yeah. you're you it goes back to the whole thing. You actually are different. Yeah. You're living something different and somehow you have the endurance, the fortitude, the faith structure, yeah. something that's bigger than you that's that's making something shift in you and I can honor that because yeah. as long as you know, unfortunately we can also get to the whole like, but I'm just weak. And I'm just bad, so it's just what I'm gonna be, and it's what I am. Yeah, you know. But if we could see that and say, like you're saying, a great witness to be like, I could have that too. Yeah, like my identity could shift. Absolutely, yeah. And and it's just the conversations then that could flow. I mean, how many conversations did I have to miss out on? Now, God's grace is sufficient, and actually, the way that He works things together for good, I'm able to relate to other people. I mean, I remember specifically one conversation I had with a youth leader years ago who was struggling with something that I had struggled with years before and had been moved out of that part of my life. I was able to then speak with him from experience and, you know, 
tell him about the goodness of God. That this is, I know you're in the dark trenches right now, but there is going to be light. Like God is good. He can heal this. Right. I wouldn't have known that outside of the mistake. Would I rather have not known it to be able to share with him? Absolutely. But God still used it. So to even, like, like God's going to do what God's going to do. We, You even talked about it in the message. Like, no one's disqualified from this. When you were given the stuff at the end and you're thinking, I'm far too gone for that. Like, the four, there haven't been any feet on the floor for the last year. You know, <laughs> we've been living together for three years. Um, God's grace is still good. Like, there's yeah. still, now you might need to make more drastic changes if you really want to see a life produce fruit that we see in the scriptures that you you know, you've been coming to church. You're here. You obviously want something that's not the way that your life is right now. Yeah. I think everybody wants that. Like, yeah. I want that. Um, that. That we might just have to make more drastic changes. And it might be a little bit harder than some people. Than you know, maybe the single person who is not dating anybody right now but has made mistakes. And they're thinking, looking forward, I'm going to set some new ground rules in my new relationship. Versus, as we already referenced, Scott and Bernadette. They were living together, dating. They had to have the tough conversation. We like each other. We love each other. We're going to move out, but we're still going to keep dating. How difficult was that conversation? But understanding, you well, know Well, both had been married before, exactly. too. Exactly. So it wasn't like this was even just the first yeah. you know, time being like, oh, it's the first. It's special, yeah. the first. No. Yeah. So some things, it, you have to stop and you have to ask yourself, which is, you know, what, what we do constantly with not just morality, not just with that part of our lives, but with everything, with our finances, with our time, with, with our careers, all that stuff. Is what I'm doing producing uh, the life that Jesus said is available, the good life that he promised, the life to the fullest? And if not, doing the same thing and expecting different results is insanity. So am I really expecting my life is going to reflect uh, the good news of the gospel if I'm not changing the actions, if I'm getting bad results right now and I don't want to do the hard work, then why am I expecting anything different? Yeah. If you want extreme results, you got to do some extreme things. Absolutely. Hey, man. Great conversation. Great stuff, man. Jeez. You got to get out of here. It's, it's, it's getting close to that time. Man. Hey, glad to just have this uh, conversation with you guys each and every week. And, Glad Hopefully I didn't this have to is, do it. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, that's just on the podcast. Yeah. I hope this is helpful for you. And um, there's actually some really great resources out there for those of you who are looking for them. You can um, send in if you want more information about what kind of resources there are out there that are available to um, help you with some of the stuff that we talked about when it comes to our moral margin. But I will give you one real quick not quick enough so you're gonna have to oh edit that goodness. little pause don't you have the 11 pro isn't your phone supposed to be fast enough now well i gotta see where that email went <laughs> this is awkward man if, if i had a button to play like elevator music while we waited no you're, you're gonna edit this part out no i'm not this is great this Boy. is raw people enjoy this all right so for online accountability there's some software out there um one of them is uh internetsafety.com you can check that out. Maybe it'd be useful for you. Or there's also CovenantEyes.com. And if you are brave enough, there is TripleXChurch.com. And mm. uh, all these places are great places that actually have some different 
um, online internet activity monitors and helps you with accountability partners that you can set that kind of stuff up for. So just a side note, great resource. And mm-hmm. two, if you're having conversations with your community group, those are some things that maybe you can share with one another about what you're using or what you're doing to keep those um, decided practices in place. I will. And, and also difficult. with that, it's, it's just so important to find people, honestly, like that might be the hardest thing is first opening up about, I actually had this conversation with somebody this morning, but it wasn't about morality. It was just something else. Uh, some, uh, some of her own stuff in her past thinking, I can't do this because everybody's going to recognize me and be like, why are you doing, wait, didn't you already do this? And in my experience, it well, especially here at Northgate, and I'm not just trying to, you know, give false praise, but in my experience, this is a grace filled community and the people here have been way more gracious when I've opened up about things, not just staff, like other people in the church have been way more gracious and it made what I had been wrestling with for a while that much easier to unburden myself. And it takes faith in the people around you. It takes trust that they actually are following Jesus too. And it's the right people. Don't just go pick a person in the lobby, but in your community group is a great person. Find somebody, if you're already doing community together, say, hey, let's go to coffee. Let's have a tough conversation, but I really need to confide in you yeah but that's where growth comes from exactly so uh, again just to follow up with the blessing with this weekend just may god give you courage yeah. to take a step like that mm-hmm. um where you already know you need to yeah so it's good stuff great stuff love you guys we'll see you uh when we see you <laughs> <laughs>